Listen at your own discretion as the following content contains strong language, adult dialogue, discussions of violence, and spoilers. Cue the intro. Welcome to Three Reads in a Pod. My name is Heather. I'm Sarah. And I'm Delia. If you're interested in a trio of ladies that get together and record our book club for the masses, stick around. This episode of Three Reads will be discussing The Jaunt by Stephen King. If you want to read along, we post the book and book bite of the month on our Instagram. That's Three Reads in a Pod, the number three reads in a pod. Without further ado, it's time to turn the page. Okay. So The Jaunt was my pick. I would not say per se it's a horror story as more of like a like a sci-fi-esque horror, I suppose. Like there are still, you know, horror elements to it, but not like your classic like monster under the bed um, type of thing. But it was written, the jaunt was written um, by Stephen King. Um, it was published in the Twilight Zone magazine in 1981, and it was collected in Stephen King's 1985 collection, Skeleton Crew. Um, Stephen King, of course, really famous. I'm sure everybody knows a lot about him. Um, just in case you don't, he was born September 21st, 1947 in Portland, Maine. His uh, birth name is Stephen Edwin King. His father actually left when he was a lung, chi- lung child. A young child. And that really uh, affected him for the rest of his life. Uh, When he was a kid, he was playing in the attic, found one of his father's books about um, H.P. Lovecraft, and that started his love for horror. He has written under some, uh, what do you call pseudonyms? Pseudonyms? Yeah, he was Richard Bachman. And he actually thought that his popularity was just really, it was lucky, like he just got lucky. So then when he wrote as Richard Bachman and his stories sold equally as well and were equally as popular, he was like, okay, (laughs) maybe he's just a good horror writer, you know, which I highly recommend if you haven't read Bachman either. It's really good. Super wonderful stuff. And he was mainly raised by his mother. Of course, he has a fear of the number 13. If he is writing and his writing stops on page 13, he has to write until he is at a, like a, a number that is not related to the number 13, not a multiple 13, um, just basically until it satisfies him. He tries to write about 2,000 words per day. Uh, in the past, he has had uh, substance abuse issues. And Carrie, actually, really popular, if you don't know about Carrie, prom girl, you know, pig's blood situation uh he was not going to publish that and his wife was like no you're going to publish that he like put it in the trash and his wife's like no i see potential here so then published that but obviously um super effective very popular most popular probably horror writer of our entire generation i would say now when it comes to thank you when it comes to the jaunt uh it is basically the story takes place in the 24th century. You have a father um, and his wife and children. They are about to be jaunted, which is technically teleportation to Mars. And I believe they're leaving from like New York City, somewhere near that. Anyway, but they're being jaunted. And to ease his, this is it's, this is the children's first jaunt. And to ease their worries, the father thinks it's time to tell them the story about how the jaunt came about and 
within the story we learn about is it a scientist like it's Stephen not Stephen Karun Dr. Karun Karun right is it yeah Karun? he's a scientist he's doing okay stuff. making sure so he accidentally discovers teleportation by teleporting two of his fingers um, then later he uses inanimate objects and then living mice and he uh, realizes that after being jaunted the mice act funny eventually die until he finds out that you have to be unconscious for the jaunt to work and the father leaves out the um the important or i guess horrific aspects of the jaunt that there are people who have gone in conscious and came out dead or completely insane because the jaunt itself although it's instantaneous if you're unconscious to the conscious mind it is like an eternity it could be anywhere from hundreds to billions of years. How long an eternity lasts, I'm not sure, you know. And uh, in the end, the father's son, who is a risk taker, holds his breath, does not breathe in the gas for the jaunt to put himself to sleep. And he comes out crazy and claws his eyeballs out. And that's essentially the story. What a beautiful tale. Thank you. Yeah. Beautifully horrific. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Very. Um, initial thoughts. Sweet. I loved it. <laughs> I love short stories. I love them so much. Me too. Uh, I think when you have an attention span that's not the longest, it's a really great way to get in a story. Uh, I think a lot of short stories, or sci-fi and horror especially, tend to have twist endings. So I was really thought it was a awesome twist ending mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the sun to be a risk taker and not breathe in the gas. I loved the talk of all the scientific experiments, what he was doing, trying different things. Okay. When I do this, this works. When I do this, this doesn't work. I mean, welcome to science, I guess you just try things Mm -hmm. until it happens. (laughs) Right. And so I really appreciated all of that. It was great. After I read it, I was like, Oh, everybody read the jaunt. Everyone I know. I was like, let me tell you about the jaunt. (laughs) Yes, I thought that it was super interesting, especially for me, the fact that he would put the mice in like butt first and Mm -hmm. he realized like, hey, so they're not dying this way and they're not going crazy. But then when he puts them through the entire way, it's like death, you know, and didn't he have the fish like the fishbowl and one of the fish like survived and the other one didn't or the fish seemed to survive for a while. Yeah, one of them, one of them died completely belly up, and the other one came out all right. Well, it wasn't okay at first. He thought it was dead, then it wasn't dead, and then it was okay. And he just was like swimming in. Because fish don't have long memories. Oh, (laughs) damn! Oh my god! So that one, it probably like didn't have enough time to forget, and so it died. And then the other one was just going to be crazy for a bit. And then it forgot. I was like, oh, well, all right. I was like, all right, okay, everything's fine. fine. <laughs> that makes sense. Not, that was not explained. That's a good uh, critical thinking skills there, Heather. Good job. Yeah, Thank that was you. a good one. I like that. It's the only reason I'm here. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked it a lot. I did not see the ending coming. I was like, this is... Are we sure that Stephen King wrote this? It just it just seems really informative. I really enjoy this. We're just talking about <laughs> teleportation. Just yeah, I'm just, yeah I'm just learning about Physics like this here. 
interesting story about the future. Okay, cool. And then the ending happened, and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, it's Stephen King. It's Stephen King. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Honestly, though, a lot of pieces of it really reminded me of Ray Bradbury in that have you ever, if you've never read the Martian Chronicles, A, you should, and B, this reminds me a lot of that. It has a lot of the same sort of like elements in that they, the, the author, it's, it's like it's, they're not telling you this story as like someone who's, they don't give a lot of exposition, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. They don't give a lot of expo- exposition. They're telling the story and thinking things through the way that you would think about things nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, if I didn't know I was going to be talking to someone from the 1800s, I wouldn't stop and explain certain things. Um, the, the way that they gave exposition, the way that he ga- gives exposition about gas and water and so on and stuff feels very organic to the conversation that's happening. So the mm-hmm. fact that we learned that gas was a scarcity way back in the way back and now water is the scarcity was all because their ki- the kids were asking questions about, oh, yeah, like gas was a scarcity and that's why they came up with tele- teleportation. And now it's not a scarcity anymore because you rarely ever use it. But now you need water because they poison the water. To tie that, Ray Bradbury writes like that too. Like if you if you read the Martian Chronicles, he it, it's from Martian point of view and they don't do a lot of exposition on things. You kind of have to make your own connections. I love like, a smooth exposition. Yeah. I hate when a, you know you watch a movie and they're like, "Hi, what are you doing, my sister, two years younger than I am, going to college?" And she's like, "I'm doing great, my older sister, who's also going to college, but left a couple years before I did, and now she's like living her real life." You know what I mean? Like they just—it's too much. So I love a smooth exposition, mm-hmm. that baby, and real gentle. That's what Mama mm-hmm. wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I concur. I'm tickled. I did like the the way that they talk about how the jaunt was used as a murder weapon. Absolutely. Right? Oh, that was super neat. You yeah. can't prove that they're dead. They're out there screaming somewhere for eternity. That sounds yeah. terrifying Good. to me. Oh, was by the, the way, man who put his wife in yeah, so and he they was still a, can't find her? She no, hasn't come out? Because well, he turned it off. So he pushed her through and then then turned off all the places where she could get out. And so she's just floating in the... She's probably dead. 110% she's dead. Like, she probably had a heart attack. For sure. But I'm like, why the fuck would you do that to your wife? And he still got executed anyway. He was like, well, you can't prove that she's dead. Well, it doesn't matter because you're definitely going to be dead after we're done with this trial. So... (laughs) (laughs) Shit. How much did you guys think about teleportation as a possibility after this? Oh, my goodness. I I spent a lot of time thinking, like, what if... What I thought it was super interesting in the fact that this was written in the 1980s. And wasn't it that the scientist in the 80s came up with it? <laughs> so it's it's super funny because even now, like, it seems like it's such a, I don't want to say foreign concept because I think it's, I want it it's, to be plausible. I want it yeah. to very much be plausible. And I believe at some point we could get there. I think, you know, it takes a lot of scientific work, of course, but the things that I don't know about um mm-hmm. but still i yeah i want it to be a thing but now i'm interested because i want to know how much of this could be scientifically like plausible and how much of it is not but like it's super well it's like it's like a a man-made wormhole situation yes. right wrinkle in time like 
some black hole, you're coming out on the other side, relative of relativity of time. Listen, I can get into this all day. It's like Interstellar. Yeah. All oh these my movies. god, Interstellar is mm-hmm. amazing. Okay, Where they go on so the planet right. for like five minutes, but it's been 27 years or something. I don't remember yeah. the exact numbers. But that's how this felt. Your brain is only taking a few seconds, but for some reason, you are processing it like it's eternity. Well, because if you're growing, okay, so say you are crossing that that period of time, you know, your brain is still awake and, and the circadian rhythms are a thing, right? So mm-hmm. it makes sense that your body goes through, sure, but like this process, like, I don't know if we're necessarily made to go from one spot to another that quickly, that fast consciously i think your brain is like nope uh-uh i'm not gonna do this which makes mm-hmm. sense as to why they're like let's pass everybody out like let's make everybody like go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep go to sleep and then they'll push them through and then it's fine you know like that makes sense to me um because mm-hmm. i think th- i also think that maybe it's just like there's so much wondery that happens in that space because you know when they talk about when he pushes the pencil through halfway and then he comes around to the other side and it looks like the pencil is super elongated, even though it's just across the space of a room, the first two teleportation, like when we're talking from uh, the scientist who's discovering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll, I, I, like you said, I would love it to be possible. It would be super great if I could just like be like, hey, I'm going to pop over to Kentucky for dinner with Heather and then like come back like home that would be great i would love that 110 percent. i feel like i'd be a lot closer to my family because i wouldn't have to drive 14 or 18 hours to get to y'all but i don't know how true i don't know how possible that would be you know mm-hmm. scientifically because i just like you said i just don't know if our brains are made for that but you could put yourself to sleep would you john true. would you john would you 110 percent? no 100 no i wouldn't mm. <laughs> If we if we were if it were like centuries later and people had been jaunting for centuries and there's like a pretty pretty good track record of nobody dying, sure. <laughs> I just I'm not one to to do stuff like that without like a good track record of you having not fucked up. Like I don't mind planes because for the most part, there's not a lot plane crashes are pretty rare. They're pretty few and far between, True, you know? Yeah. I guess I just don't want to ever be insane. So if that's a possibility, I'm, I'm just not here for it. But I also am like, if I'm going to go to sleep, I guess I wouldn't know if I was going to die. I think asleep. if they were going to put me to sleep and I knew that there were other successful jaunts before me, uh, sure. I think I, I think I might do it. I feel like somebody could get me to do it. It says a lot about me. But um or just it, not, think, as long as I'm not, like, the initial voyager. Yes, if I was the first one that came to me, and it kind of, like, what was it, the death row inmate? To where they're, oh, like, yeah. you know, either you're going to die anyway, or we can put you through here, and, you know. Well, it was, like, ten, or eight or ten death row inmates. That's who they picked to go through, like, as a human volunteer, which now we know, ethically, they would not do that. Ever. No. Well, they right. might. We just wouldn't know about it, because all hell would break loose all of the humanitarian clubs would be after your ass they'd shut your shit down so fast anyway Mm -hmm. they just bomb your they just bomb your science science building that's what they would do i'm scared (laughs) (laughs) your lab that's what they're called (laughs) your science science building you know the science science where they do all the science (laughs) all the science takes place in your experiments science. science 
You can't you can't fool me with your science. Your science. That's <laughs> um, not what Tia Beanie calls it on uh, Disenchantment. Oh my god, Disenchantment. Oh, I forgot about that show. I love it. <laughs> little Lucy. Uh, but it was interesting, the dad, how he even still had some like fear. You know, he was still nervous, mm-hmm. like anxious to do it. And then there were people who were getting up like, no, I don't want to do this. And they were yeah. just leaving and so it was even though they had at this point been doing it for a very long time i mean if this is the 24th century and they had been jaunting since like the 20th century like i feel Mm -hmm. like at that point you know i would be like yeah just give me that gas let's go Mm -hmm. but um I bet that dad really wishes that he would have told his children about the bad experiences yeah (laughs) you know because that sucks like i really didn't expect i i was like oh it's almost the ending and in that last page and a half my like the whole thing just crumbled and fell to pieces i was like this poor kid jesus Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. you know i think there's certain things to be said about like he didn't want to make him nervous but i'm also like this is the same kid you know to be fearless like you know he's fearless why the hell wouldn't you recognize when he's got that look in his eye you're like oh it's fear i'm like he's never been scared a day in his life you think he's gonna be scared now over something he hasn't even done yet no scare the shit out of this kid no exactly that prefrontal cortex is not it's not developed yet so they're like consequences what are consequences sorry exactly not that it's the dad's fault but i'm also like damn sir i feel bad for him oh yeah i did and I just imagine, oh, if someone, if my sweet baby boy was looking at me, he like, it's longer than you think, Dad. It's longer than you think. You know, just like really intense about it. Like, oh, I was reading that and I was getting chills. And I was like, go on. Yeah, I you felt, just... you notice the, he makes that, you, I think we talked about this in the Cask of Amontillado. He makes that transition into, instead of talking about his son like a person, he's like the thing that used to be his son. It started screaming. Like, he, he does the same thing that Montressor did with Fortunato. When he mm-hmm. put, when he walls him up, he stops talking about him like a person and starts distancing mm-hmm. himself. I find that to be really interesting that he makes that, the, that both, both authors, God, however many years apart in, mm-hmm. you know, era, like, what, fucking 1800s to, ni- like, late 1900s? And I think Poe was early, early 1900s, or like mid to mid 1800s. And they mm-hmm. do that same sort of thing. That seems really intriguing to me. I like that, that literary device that happens, whatever it is. Or I guess the choice to, the, the choice to change that, the pronouns. Yeah. Reverse personification. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. And with Stephen King and the way that he writes, um, I really enjoy his, which I enjoy his models too, like Pet Cemetery. you know, uh, gave me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. It took me like a semester of college to read in between classes and I had to read it with the lights on. Oh, um, wow. But, you know, it was one of those things. Note to self, never read it. But yeah, it was, it was really good, but it was, you know, uh, there were some points where I'm like, oh, that's, that is twisted on like a dancer but with this i really enjoy his short stories a lot you know the body his novella the body Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that you know shawshank redemption's a big one here's the jaunt like i really enjoy these and for the way it was yeah it was like you like the first little bit i'm like okay 
where's the horror in this? And then the last part, I'm like, wow, that's really messed up. It's twisted. Like his own son, you know? Yeah. And to imagine oh, yeah. he took like that, that breath of gas. Cause he's like, look, I'm going to show you. There's nothing to be worried about. I'll do it first. And then he's not there to just, I don't know. Not that it might, it, it probably wouldn't have made a difference because his son pretended, you know, to do mm-hmm. this, but goodness. I think he was afraid too. Like his anxiety was getting up and he was like, fuck, give me the gas real quick so I can go to sleep. That's what mm-hmm. it seemed like. That that was the in, in the way I read it when he gets the gas. Well, let me find it. That's the thing, too, is like that Patty, his daughter, keeps asking, what about the mice, Dad? What happened to the mice? And he never yeah. really says. He never really says. And so instead of being honest, like, well, they died, honey. You know? Okay, so I found the section where he's, like, trying to go to sleep. The, the people, the helpers that are putting people to sleep come over and they're like, are you ready? And Mark, Mark nodded, Mark's dad. Daddy, I'm scared, Patty said in a thin voice. Will it hurt? No, honey, of course it won't hurt, Mark said. And his voice was calm enough, but his heart was beating a little fast. It always did, although this would be something like his 25th jaunt. I'll go first and you'll see how easy it is. The jaunt attendant looked at him questioningly. He nodded and made a smile. The mask descended. He took it in his own hands and breathed deep of the dark. So, I do think, like, part of me is, like, he, because I feel like it's, like, questioningly, like, are you ready? Or it could be questioningly, like, you're really going to go to sleep and leave your kids? Really? You're not going to try and appease them? Should have sent mm-hmm. mom to sleep first? But whatever. But that was a little sexist. I just said I believe that. Okay, sure. Noticed. But he did so, so on that same page, though, he did start talking about, like, he meant to, like, he was going to start saying to Ricky, like the son mm-hmm. he was going to start saying something but then the jaunt people come over so i don't know if at that point is when he was going to be like don't do anything dumb <laughs> but <laughs> son right Please. but we don't know for sure i do like the part the same page just this is highlighted so i'm just gonna while we're here this is your mind can be your best friend it can keep you amused even when there's nothing to read nothing to do but it can turn on you when it's left with no input for too long it can turn on you, which means that it turns on itself, savages itself, perhaps consumes itself in an unthinkable mm-hmm. act of auto-cannibalism. Wow. Which is why, like, if you go through the jaunt, if you do the jaunt awake, that's what happens. Which I just thought was really interesting. Yes. I just like his writing. Yeah. When I first, when we first read it, um, and I had obviously a little bit of an initial idea of what this story was about because... It's been a story that I've wanted to get to for a while. And mm-hmm. it was highly rated and highly recommended among mm-hmm. like Stephen King fans. And at first I thought it was going to be something like to do with the the jaunt people. Like, I don't know. You find out something about the jaunt. Not the act of the jaunt itself necessarily. But like about them being put to sleep with the gas. Like, I thought it was going to be something with that. Well, I mean, essentially it was. Do you understand what I'm saying? Though? Like, I thought there was a different twist in mind. Yeah. And like, was you didn't know be... this, but thousands of years of doing the jaunt has made you, like, have superpowers or something. Right. Like, you guys have watched WandaVision, right? Or yeah, if no. you haven't, it's okay. So, you know how, like, if she you keeps should. going through the barrier, they were like, okay, it changes your DNA a little bit at a time. Yeah. You know, so then I thought it was going to be something like it's changed their DNA so drastically, like over mm. the years, that something like 
and I thought that, and I mean, that is something to think about with the jaunt and the fact that it's well, like they did they did take those uh, the mice. They kept them for generations. The ones that made it through, they kept them for generations to watch them and make sure that they were fine. The kids were fine. The kids after that were fine. The little mice kiddos yeah yeah absolutely so that was a good it, it was a definitely a good thought but then when he's like you know you have to take the gas and go to sleep and i realize now obviously why but i almost thought that it was going to be the girl like i i'm interested yes because like you said she talked so much about like what happened to the mice what happened, she was so interested and mm-hmm. i thought oh no because when he heard the scream i was like okay, something terrible happened. And then my thought is like, you know, it had to have been the daughter because she was just so adamant about, which Ricky had like that look on his face. Mm-hmm. But then we didn't know too much about how fearless he was, I guess, until the end. When he's no, like, we didn't know that until the very end. Yeah. yeah. When he's like, Ricky, who did this and this and this. And I'm like, dude, that's just a little bit of bad parenting on your part there. Like, that was your, you know, how your face right now, honey. It just looks... I don't know what it is. You and the... Okay, there you go. Her hair you is just... in her in her face, too. She did have it pulled back to the side. You yeah, looked like, like a little... I don't know. Like if Harry Potter and Ron Weasley had a little baby. <laughs> it, was so, it was adorable. It was adorable. Thank you. <laughs> I it, was a good th- it was a good thing. <laughs> it was just like the face. I was like, man. Hmm. It's like you could be in a little Harry Potter house. You what? I'll do that more for you later. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Heather, any thoughts about the jaunt? Oh, so many thoughts. I love sci-fi. Um, I yeah, I think the thing that got me the most was the idea of eternity, living through eternity. Because mm-hmm. I was like, why would that drive you crazy? But I have no concept of eternity. Humans cannot compute eternity. Mm-mm. You can try your very best. Sometimes when I start getting it, my heart beats faster. And then I'm like, oop, nope, gotta roll out. Just like you think about how infinite space is. Yeah. Like you start thinking about infinity, you start thinking about eternity, all that stuff is, you can't really process it. Yeah, so scary. Well, it, might, it um, makes me anxious. Right, to yes, interject here for one moment, I'm sorry. I do this thing where I look up to scale, the like things in the universe to scale and freak myself out on purpose yes. i guess because mm-hmm. i want to know like it started with the uh, volcano on mars and how huge that was and then i compared it to stuff on earth and then i compared it like and i do the same thing with our sun and other suns freaks me out to think how freaking yeah. tiny we are in this space whole space is scary oh, as fuck we are a drop in the bucket yes oh, literally we are just a spot of literally like a spot of dust just a space speck of dust nothing out here yeah okay yep. it's wild to me but go ahead you think about sorry. how long ago dinosaurs existed and how little bit how the we how humans have just taken up so much teeny tiny bit of time of earth of known oh, yeah. earth existence so you start thinking about eternity and i was like how would that drive someone crazy because to me it's just sitting in a waiting room when you're not talking to anybody and you're just thinking about stuff but that's 30 minutes. That's an hour. That's nothing compared to eternity. Oh, yeah. Someone's yeah, we're like, not meant to be alone. Humans mm-hmm. aren't. No, we're a social creature for a reason. Even yeah. introverts, even introverts have people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Absolutely. being stuck in your brain like that may, can 
definitely like you said like i said it could well like he wrote it can turn on you for sure mm-hmm. absolutely because in my head i'm like no i'll just write a couple books in my head <laughs> I'll, I'll write a song and then i'll write another song and then i'll write everything will be fine then, yeah it'll be fine i'll just i'll find a way to spend that time but there mm-hmm. is no there is and no just imagine up all of eternity how yeah. old was ricky do we know how old he was oh it's seven right? we, we uh i thought we know she he's older than patty i don't think we really got how old they were okay so essentially you have this kid who barely probably has a decade under his belt of life and then he's left alone with his thoughts for like an eternity and he doesn't even know like half as much as we probably do going into this you know like of course it's the future but like he hasn't had to have so many of these life experiences like what's he gonna think you know like what what thoughts occupy your mind at that point or is it makes me think of that episode of spongebob where squidward's like in the little white room and he's like (laughs) I'm all alone, 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 alone. You know, that alone. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was very much like what I was thinking. Like, you, that's your brain in there. You're just yeah, alone. And but it, it is, like, it's hard to comprehend, like you said. Completely hard to comprehend. Go ahead. His son is 12 and his daughter is 9. There we go. <sighs> so are they outside the space-time continuum? Do you guys think that? When you jaunt, is that why it feels like no time at all and all the time in the world because you've stepped out of the space-time continuum and then you're getting pushed back into the space-time continuum that would make a lot more sense i think yeah i have thought about this a lot (laughs) and i don't even have that knowledge i just you know why why would it feel like eternity but that's the only thing i can think if you're going from one place to another yeah that quickly what is happening you guys to you watched, in the interim? Um, oh dear, 21st Century Space Odyssey. No. Okay, one highly recommend you watch that movie. Um, you're going to be like, Sarah, this is freaking weird. Why would you recommend this? It's a classic. You definitely need to watch it. And Is that the weird one with Alan Rickman in it or no? I don't know. No, that's that's Quest, Space Quest or something okay. like that. Go ahead. And oh, this yeah, one's I essentially like you get these monoglyphs that are popping up um in different places and it, there's AI mm-hmm. and it's listen, it's a really good, it's really good, but um it's also really interesting and this story itself reminded me of the entire atmosphere of that movie. And it's a Kubrick movie, so it's just really oh highly highly recommended i've watched it like twice i would watch it again watch it forever but um it's just so weird but would you watch it for time. eternity i would watch it for eternity in my mind while jaunting <laughs> while jaunting what if they could just do that you pick your favorite episode of spongebob you're gonna watch it for eternity here we oh go oh my gosh you'd probably like lose it oh you yeah. probably that still drive you crazy it. faster 110 percent yeah <laughs> yeah oh god just imagine because after a while like you've thought everything you could possibly think mm-hmm. there, right? there has Almost, to be a like, finite amount of thoughts that you yeah can think of your brain's everything. only so big yeah everybody oh, everybody has a capacity okay nobody's infinite now you know i used to think that we were all tiny universes which is kind of true like galaxies and neurons and all that stuff looks kind of you know very the mm-hmm. idea of trying to fathom the brain that sits inside our own skulls and trying to fathom the galaxy is similarly like you can we we got some ideas we got some ideas of how things work but like 
Oh, you know, we don't even know the half of it. The fact that we don't even know a lot about the ocean, a lot about space, a lot about the way that things genuinely work. And like, I wonder how much in the future we're going to come back and be like, man, we were really wrong. You know, like that's not how that worked at all. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking this because obviously like we don't know. Mm -hmm. And I had this conversation actually with someone who was like, you know, um, talk, we were talking about IQ tests and, Mm -hmm. uh, they, and I was like, how do you determine someone's IQ? Because that IQ is based on a test that someone with a brain had to come up with themselves to Mm -hmm. determine, you know, the, um, intellectuality of that brain snake eating its tail sort of situation. Yes. So it just so much so that's one thing why I try not to let certain things affect me um, to the point where it's like no one knows everything and each brain is its own you know own little world up there mm-hmm. just like space like you're talking about like different neurons and everything the way we work it's all just so different yeah but it's wild because we just don't even know the half of it we and really I wonder don't. what's going to happen when we do find out like <laughs> That's what I want to be here for. It's not that I want to live forever. I want to find out what we don't know. Okay? Like, that's mm-hmm. all I want. I want to know what we don't know. Yeah. And then probably yeah. wish that I didn't know it. <laughs> I have, like, a list of questions that if, you know, if God's up there and I die and I'm in, at the pearly gates, I'm like, here's what I would like to know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with number here's one. Here's my list. <laughs> okay, all the mysteries of the world. What, what the hell happened to Amelia Earhart? That's my number one. What the, where is she? Ooh, yeah, the Rona. Did she... Did she get, yeah, okay, let's be honest. The Roanoke Colony, that shit is whitewashed as hell. They're probably, because, like, they they were like, oh, we don't know what happened to them. Historians like, I don't know really what happened like to them. Except that there are people, there are Indians in, I don't know if that's the correct term or not, but you know what I'm trying to say. But the P- American Indians uh, near there Native have Americans, Native yeah. Americans, that's right. <laughs> Good job. I knew I was saying it wrong. It just was in my brain, not right. And I was trying to say words and it didn't work out. My apologies. So Native Americans. It's on a Sunday. It's okay. I should, it is. I, I work today, so I, I'm a little out of it. So anyway, Native Americans near that section have like, they had kids that had blonde hair and blue eyes. And obviously that's not Native to Native Americans. So it's yeah. what happened was they're like, we ran out of shit. And so, you know. We're just gonna go hang out with this specific tribe, and that's what happened. But but historians they whitewash that bullshit. They're like, well, we don't know what happened. It's a mystery. It's fucking not. That's what happened. There's no yeah. if, ands, or buts about no, it. No, you just don't want to be like, oh my gosh, these like perfect white people decided they were gonna like go and do this other thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry that, but okay. I I would like that to be confirmed for for surezies for surezies. But I would be like, so if there's a hell, Columbus is definitely there, right? Because I've got Mm -hmm. a lot of beef with him. (laughs) I got a beef with him. Somebody bring him bring him here now, okay? Smack him in the face. Uh God, you know, there's so many questions like the pyramids. Did they really build that? Mm -hmm. Did it happen? Right. Stonehenge. The pyramids. Stonehenge. There's a couple of you guys should get on Disney. Are you on Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at the um there's two documentaries that are super cool. One is about the solstice and the other one is about Stonehenge. And you can uh cuz the the reason why you can like if you're 
and I think one one of solstices or the equinoxes. It, it's called equinox, not solstice. Equinox. So one of the equinoxes, you can see like in a if you stand in a specific spot, it, the sun rises up specifically through one of those gateways. So they think it was part of like a prehistoric ritual for that. And the way that they talk about um, talk about the mechanics of having them build it up because so much of the stone is actually under the ground. It was, I don't know, it was super cool. And it's not the only one. They found others in the area that are like the size of Stonehenge. So they think that like, I'm not going to go into it. You can watch the documentary, but it was super, really, really riveting. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Have you watched about, um, is it Puma Pumku? I always say the name wrong, so I apologize to any historians out there, anyone who knows what they're talking about. Um, But it's like this society. And one thing that was really interesting to me uh, that I would like to know about is that they said the lines that they used for their um, uh, structures and such, like they were so finely carved. It was like, it had to have been done possibly by diamonds and they said it was so well done back in the, obviously now it's eroded and shit, but it was so well done back in the day. It was almost done as well as like if we had had a laser cut it oh. today. Right. You hear this stuff. You, you hear how these civilizations that lived long before we did mm-hmm. had precision and tools, but we don't have the proof of some of that, but they right. had to have something because they have produced these Mm -hmm. beautiful pieces of art or architecture. Well, you think about it and you're like, okay, so the things that you have in a house are going to last significantly less than the house itself. You know, like if I have a a hammer in my house right now, it's probably not going to last as long as this specific house will. It'll get lost. And like when we're trying to go places or I'll take it somewhere and break it or, you know what I mean? So you think about like stuff like that, like some stuff we're just never going to have. Because it's not meant for longevity. It's being used continuously. The The mm-hmm. utility of it is going to, it means it's going to disintegrate. But like a house or a piece, place of worship, you know, those things are typically going to last a lot longer just because they're built to. Right. I think I read like uh, going back to the pyramids, like even that they said there was like a point zero zero one percent margin of error like it was almost so perfectly done Mm -hmm. just between like the way they're laid out like Mm -hmm. the coordinates between them the way they were built i mean it is amazing to me that humans can do that if the aliens didn't come down and do it (laughs) (laughs) i I am of the firm opinion that it's like listen uh when you have to get shit done you get shit done Right. So we ain't got no other choice but using our hands. We got to figure this shit out. And so they do. And they did, you know. Oh, they figured it out for sure. They figured it out by calling the aliens. Obviously. You're right. You're right. They sent up a beacon. (laughs) Sent up a beacon. Listen, I see this Like, I like to have a very open mind. Um, And I can't say that there's not some, like, extraterrestrial life out there. And I definitely. Yeah, we literally just talked about how big fucking space is. Yeah. Like there are definitely, there's definitely something else out there, right? Um, but I do think they partially watch this as like a reality TV show. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm like I'm sure those do. people. Like, let's see what they figure out. Let's look what the humans are doing today. Those dumb humans. Let's watch and them. And they'll be like, man, why do they eat so much ass? <laughs> like, what are these people doing? 
It's like there's so much they can be doing out there. <laughs> Their water's polluted. Like their ozone is dying, and they're just in there watching porn. Yeah. <laughs> watching hentai and having depression (laughs) (laughs) so it's the water um okay so any other thoughts about the jaunt any any well or this i guess this is the end of our segment for our 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 series for horror related short stories book bites um i think that it was really neat you know i know we talked about the comparisons between um our stories we had bluebeard we had cask of amontillado and then we had mm-hmm. this and it was very interesting um although there are three different stories i think that uh i don't know the writing i think was well done in all of them i really enjoyed it um i feel like i did experience the horror of all of them they had different aspects that really made you think mm-hmm. you know um like, what was it with Bluebeard? He was just killing all of his wives, right? Yeah, all the wives. He was, like, just murdering them. Except that last wife yeah. was like, nah, man, I got brothers. You're not going to kill me watching this. The other one was, like, getting um, getting uh, bricked up into a wall to mm-hmm. die alone. Like, that fear of claustrophobia. And then you mm-hmm. have this one, just, like, the fear of eternity, of insanity, just completely, mm-hmm. you know. And, I mean... It was yeah, it was very well done. I don't know who wrote Bluebeard. Who was it? Well, he he because it's like one of those fairy tales, so we never really okay. Know, so we he, never really know. It's like Charles where... Perrault. Okay, and what right. what time period was he in? Eighteen hundreds, right? Maybe twelve. So there was really like too much of a time difference between these people, Charles like you know. Paul, wait, is it between Pete? that, between Edgar. And then Stephen. Well, I, them all on a I was very wrong. Very wrong. Uh, Charles um, from sixteen twenty eight to seventeen o three. Just kidding. Okay, so there was a difference. So we've had it. Well, have one in like pretty much every every century at this point. Like, well, I mean, obviously he died early seventeen hundreds, but like we had somebody from the sixteen hundreds, seventeen hundreds, and then Edgar Allan Poe was eighteen hundreds, and then Stephen King. This one is. 1900s yeah and and to me the most interesting thing about horror because i have a lot of people who are like man you really like horror you always you know like i'm always up for a good like scary movie kind of thing Mm -hmm. um but it's the idea that you know we don't know like we talked about it's the unknown we don't know what's out there things that freak us out and so interesting to see coming from the 16 to 1700s the 1800s the 1900s like what they can come up with what scares you what freaks you out as a person you know what are you interested in um and that's yeah like the things that freak me out i don't like you know you, you learn your own fears and i think that's something that a lot of these horror writers play up to too you mm-hmm. have so many and i wish i could have these good ideas but i'm too freaked out about stuff to write about it i think <laughs> yeah i feel like if you have to write about it definitely you have to sit in it and simmer in it a lot longer than if you're just reading it like of course right. we're going to keep that in our brains but like you have to put pen to paper very different yeah. process than on this side yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Who was it? There was like one writer who said basically like just sit in a dark room and write what comes out. Write your fears. And then I was reading about Stephen King today and how they said he had like a fear of the dark and sometimes he would sleep with the lights on. 
to like keep the monsters That's away and so imagine bananas that. to me right because like he's the just... one that brought us like this mind this this mind who is afraid of things has brought us the shining which has got so many pages long the thing is long yeah. as hell it's a long ass book and he's like sure i'm gonna sit and write this short this horror film horror story what's it film now but it was a horror story and uh now i just don't want to sleep uh, with uh, the lights off it's like man. The, the man contains multitudes that's all i'm saying <laughs> Right, so many, so many. Oh, did you guys cast? Are we casting? Oh yeah, I did. I did. Okay. Did you cast? Sweet. Yeah, Sweet. I did. It did. Let's it wasn't anything it. fancy. Me, I straight up. So I was searching. I was like, "What are good scientists? Like, who's played a scientist and who did it well?" And the first thing popped up, and it went downhill from there. I was like, oh. "Yes." Okay. Okay. Uh, but I was obviously super late, so I wasn't able to be super extra and give you guys a slideshow. We'll forgive you this okay. once. Oh, I yeah, appreciate it. Just this once. All right. So, do you guys want to go with the the scientist Car- Karun or whatever the fuck his name was? Yes, Dilly, why don't you go Absolutely. first? Absolutely. So, y'all know the scientist from uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Dr. Finkelstein? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's my guest. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Straight up that individual. Oh, I love that. Okay. Uh, yeah. I went with um, Christopher Lloyd, uh, who played doc. the doc, doc in um, Back to the Future. I chose the yeah. entire Back to the Future cast. I did that everybody. Was <laughs> Christmas. I was like, they're go- they're in the future and they're jaunting. I'm like, they have to be these people. <laughs> Isn't that a movie from the 80s too? When like the jaunting was, became 1985. A thing? So there we go. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Got um, it. I uh, I chose Bill Hader because all of I mine except Bill for Hader. one are from other Stephen King films. So. Oh, nice. I Bill love it. Hader. Oh goodness. I What's was he watching- in? He I know is, what he's in, but like for the Stephen King piece of it, he is in. Um, it, oh, it. it chapter yeah. two, right? Yeah, I love Bill Hader though. He cracks me. I do too. I've been watching. Like I went on Friday, like an entire Saturday Night Live kick, and I watched so many segments, and I love Bill Hader. Yeah, so he's so good, so funny. All right, who's gonna for dad? Okay, uh, please. Mark is his name, I guess. Mark, I chose Crispin Glover, of course, who was George McFly in Back to the Future. Um, I'm trying to think of things, other things that he played into, just in case people don't have a general idea of who he is. But it looks like he played like Alice in Wonderland and uh, shit, uh, other things. Who was he in Alice? Was it the Tim Burton's Alice or a different Alice? It was the Tim Burton's, yes. And it looks like he was, according to IMDb, because it's my best friend, uh, he was Stain, the voice of Stain. Oh. If you know who that is. I do know who that is. Totally 100%. Cool. Okay. uh, Jack Skellington is Mark. (laughs) Good job. Can't imagine him wanting to keep the terribleness of that away from his children, but. No, I'm sure he, <laughs> he would love it. He'd be like, "No, I want you all to stay away for this." Thank you. <laughs> Please, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so but 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 remember, he's married to Sally, and Sally's like, "Dude, you need to call. Um, chill out, chill out, <laughs> chill out, dude." <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I went with uh, Ewan McGregor. I love him, Doctor Sleep. That's where he's from. Ah, yes. Doctor Sleep. I that was such Dr. a good book. Sleep. We this... should reread that for a book club at some point oh yeah. oh my gosh for yes. three reads yeah. <laughs> that was good 
Exactly. Did we read Doctor Sleep? We did. Yes. Yeah. That we was like. I think the, the Doctor Sleep was the last book we read before we started the podcast. I thought um, we had read it, and then I mm-hmm. thought, no, I haven't read the book. I watched the movie. But you, now you I picked know. it. You and Heather <laughs> picked it. <laughs> okay. There's Who's rain. Marilis. Um, the mom. The mom. The mom. I went with that for the mom. I went with that. Who was the mom from Back to the Future? Does anybody know? I forget her name. Well, it's her. Okay. So. (laughs) She has a name. It is a name. We don't need that. Back to the Future. Marnie's mom from Back to the Future because I definitely. I'm on IMDb and I seriously forgot her name. Um, Her name is Lorraine Baines. So in the movie. So looking here, her name is Leah Thompson. So we have chosen Leah Thompson, who actually, yeah, like, how did I not know it was Leah Thompson? She's played in a lot of cool stuff. Um, Things. Yep. Cool. I already said mine. It's Sally. Yes. Go, Sally. Beautiful. Wonderful. I love it. Um, And then mine is Jessica Chastain, who also I love her. I love her. She's so pretty. Oh, God. Yeah. Ridiculous how pretty she is. Very, very pretty individual. Uh, Ten out of ten. Yeah. Um, who? Patty, the daughter. Mm, mm, mm. Um, doesn't Marty McFly have a sister? <laughs> Did you cast or are you just going off the fly right now? Um, uh, so I definitely... It was Linda McFly. So I knew that there was a family, and I knew I could find them on IMDb, but I forgot their character names. So I didn't think this through that well. Um, Girl, just, just go So on. Linda McFly, her name is Wendy Jo Sperber, and that is who I chose as our Sister. little nine-year-old, although she's like 47 right now, but it's back in the day. It she's doesn't matter. There are no rules. We make them. We make them. Yes, exactly. That's right. Yeah. I picked shock. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> She's the one with the witch hat. That, uh, oh my gosh. Oh girl, that from uh, Shit's Creek. The mom from Shit's Creek plays her voice. If I'm not mistaken. Oh Moira. Moira. I love her. Oh my god. I just Catherine O'Hara. Something. Catherine O'Hara. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. God. She's so great. I'm obsessed with Shit's Creek. It's ridiculous. Okay. So good. Anyway, go ahead. So good. David. <laughs> you, David. And uh, I, so this is the only one that's not from a Stephen King movie. And it's because I recently watched This is 40. And so I picked Iris Apatow, oh. which is the little blonde, curly headed baby. Well, she's an adult now, but I'm going to okay. say about the age she was, eight or nine. Uh, on this is 40 yes oh she's 18 now oh my goodness nice gosh um and then not barrel but the other one lock lock the one with the for for uh ricky the one with the blue lips and the like cute little hair that not the one with the skeleton face the other one of yeah. the three. Okay. Yeah. Of the three. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. the one that steals Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus. Oh my god. That's such a cute idea. I chose um Michael J. Fox. 
It was Marty McFly. So there Sounds you go. Good. Thank you. Um, I went with Jacob Tremblay. He is the one who plays in Good Boys. He plays in Before I Wake. He plays in It Chapter. No, 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 not It. He plays in Doctor Sleep. He's the baseball player. Oh, oh okay. Sad that poor little thing. That poor yeah. little baseball player. Okay, let's not no, say anything else like... in case the readers haven't read it. You guys yeah, should though. Man. Y'all should read it. Doctor Slam. I know. Oh, we definitely need to like. I didn't really think I that. liked. I don't like scary stuff at all. But I super loved The Shining and Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep. I was mad as hell at the end of that fucking thing. Ooh. I was just pissed. Well, I wasn't mad at the end, but in the middle there, I was like real pissed. It rose the hat. Fuck her. Oh god. Yeah. 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 She's oh, trash. Boy. She's a trash she's, person. She's and trash. I think they did such a good movie <laughs> or, or such a good job with the movie too. And I really I enjoyed who they chose to, to play oh, her. so good. I've watched it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And read it. Yeah, we read it. I've watched mm-hmm. it. So good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, any last minute? Uh, uh, recommend or not recommend. I forgot that part. Oh, and we gotta oh, yeah. talk about food. But I really don't think there was a lot of food-related things in here. So maybe not do food this time. Okay, we can choose um, cheese because mice like cheese. I'm here so for that. Just that. eat some good cheese. Sounds pretty good. Don't know. <laughs> there you okay. go. Okay. Gouda's my favorite. My favorite's Gouda. Gouda. Gouda's good. I'm going to say. I enjoy uh, mozzarella. Yeah. I was going to say mozzarella on scrambled eggs because your brain gets scrambled. Oh. When you go through the job. Yeah. Nice. I like I that. I like it. And I do love eggs. Oh, eggs. Right. Make a good you could omelet. do quiche Cotton. too because it's like. Oh, um, quiche. Yes. You scramble eggs and they go into quiche. Well, you you mix them up. You know, you break them up. And I have people make quiche for me, but I love it. Yes. You know, other people do the fancy work and I just eat it. Sounds good. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Recommend or not recommend, ladies? Definitely recommend. Short read. Good. Gosh, yeah, concur. big time recommend. We need to have two different categories of recommend, though, because I feel like we have yet to not recommend something. We we rec well we when we did the bell jar, we recommended with like a, ca- a caveat. So, yeah. is there a caveat to this one or not? No, no, no. This is like highly recommend. Yeah, oh, this is gentle recommend versus like. Oh yeah, we can have like a scale of recommends. Maybe okay. That's, yeah. Okay. For future, like a good, you know, like something that's like totally never open this book, like don't even think about it. Versus yeah, I have like a of those. for sure, this should be like on your list. Do it right now. You know. Yeah. Kind of thing. That's fair. And then, like like all the, of the screw is a zero, and the <laughs> jaunt is a solid nine. Okay. For sure. Yeah, yeah I, I could like put that. it at a nine. I could put it at eight point five to a nine. Me personally. Yeah. And you know, oh, yeah. I didn't know how you guys would feel about sci-fi. So hearing Heather say that you enjoyed sci-fi, like I'm glad oh, yeah. now I'm gonna pick it because I was nervous oh, at first. Gosh. I thought, okay, this isn't like no. Bluebeard, and then like you know, Cask. Like I knew it was different, but it was still in that same genre of like horror esque. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to know. So now I'm, I won't be afraid to like choose some things like that in the future. So yeah, oh, please, yes. Feel oh, free. that's really interesting. These are to- all three different genres. Mm-hmm. We have well, I mean, like, like they all have that's... of. Yeah, I see what like you're saying. Fairy tale versus short story versus what is cask? Is it a short story? I think cask is te- is it is a short is it story. A poem? Is it? No, it's a short story. It's a poem. No, no, it's a short story. I just think it's uh, it, it falls into that horror film horror section. Whereas I I would posit that the jaunt really could fall under like more sci-fi than anything else. Yeah. 
personally. So we have a fairy yes. tale. We have a horror short story. We have a sci-fi short story. And they all play on your fears. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's murder yeah. in different ways. You've got a murder from someone True. you know, a murder from someone you don't know, and a very indirect murder because old boy invented something that murdered someone. Mm. <laughs> Wait, where are you? Indirect oh, no. Everybody knew everybody. Which you which one which who did Well in Bluebeard they didn't really know that guy. Okay, okay, okay. He married he a stranger know, know was Here. was what happened there. You yeah. like you don't really know him. You married mm-hmm. this guy because he's right. Everybody's just like, oh, he's rich and kind of. It's scary. definitely a cautionary tale. Him. Like, if you're gonna marry somebody in the way back, way back, you should probably know who they are. Mm-hmm. Make sure there's definitely no skeletons in the closet. I wonder if he's where we get Literally. that from. Ooh, good question. Mm. I'm sure there's a reason we have that saying. Mm, I'm sure, but that's cool. Okay, uh-huh. are you guys ready to outro? Uh-huh. Do yes. do do do. Yes, let's do it. All right, fellow readers, it's time to say goodbye. Remember to check our Instagram for the upcoming reads and casting list. A big thanks to myself for writing the theme song. You're so welcome. Dylan, who created our logo. Cynthia, who creates our episode art. And our respective life partners and their unwavering support. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join us next time when we turn the page.